Folks, welcome back to the Schaefer's Market Mashup. Patrick Martin here, October 6th, Wednesday, with another fan favorite. We've got Jamal Chandler of Tasty Trade back again. Jamal, we haven't chatted since May. So, how was your summer? What are the top three things that you did? Hey, Mark, what's happening, man? Is, do, do people call you that? Is that, is that an acceptable oh, nickname? In high school, yeah, that was P. Marty was, was one of them. So, yeah, that's, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's been a while since we talked. Good, good to be on again, for sure. Love, love talking to you guys at Shapers. And uh, as far as the summer, man, it, it feels like things just flew by. Um, we, uh, we, we did a, you know, my wife and I, we, we tried to do a bunch of things, you know, to get out, right? Like, mm-hmm. we've all been kind of locked away. So, um, God, if I can recall, I mean, we, we went to, we actually went to a Banksy uh, exhibit, which was pretty cool um, earlier. Um, actually, that was, that was more recent. We did that a couple months ago. We also did like a Van Gogh exhibit. So we had a little art thing going on throughout the summer. Um, definitely stuff with my kids. Uh, you know, my youngest is playing a bunch of sports right now. He's playing um flag football he did uh, baseball actually he won a championship for his little uh baseball team it was like coach pitch this year so that was cool as my nine-year-old congrats Um, standing ovation right there it was pretty fun it was pretty fun and um you know my daughter just had her sweet 16 about a month ago and then my oldest who actually turns 18 on friday he's playing football he caught a touchdown on senior night senior night was pretty nuts um it makes you feel a little old but it's pretty cool man so yeah yeah lots going on lots going on on the personal that's awesome what is he a wide receiver tight end or yeah you got it he's a he's a wide receiver um it's actually his first year playing football he started playing during the pandemic and they had a uh you know mini season in the spring which you know uh, usually football's fall right mm-hmm. so they had a spring a season in the spring and that was uh cool because he got his feet wet and so um now he's starting off this season playing um he's like maybe the third uh, second third off the um uh, second third as far as like uh wide receivers in the lineup so you know he's working to get time which i think is a, a great thing actually he learns that uh, nothing is is guaranteed everything is earned yeah, I've got a lot of respect for any high school, college athlete that just had to go through their seasons in the past, what, 18 months with the pandemic and, and everything, and then balancing school on top of that. I don't know how I would have done it. Kudos to them. And hopefully, you know, that's, like you said, gives them some serious life skills going forward. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, uh, I don't know if I would have been able to handle it neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All this freedom that they get, yeah. they've gotten over the last year. So uh, I'm kind of glad there's a little more structure now as we're in the uh, fall. Yeah, knowing how I was in high school and to start college, I needed as much structure as possible. So yeah, same here. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I needed it. Anyway, um, you know, I, I I heard you know through the grapevine that you guys have some new content going on. Well, you're the content kings over there at Tasty. So tell me what you guys got working on. I like that, man. Content Kings. It almost sounds like a movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of uh, new content, actually. Uh, we've extended the, the network. Um, there's a little a few shows actually after the market closed nowadays. Um, and, um, you know, we've got a couple of new people. Like, we have... Uh, you know, some 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 uh, people that, that that sort of aimed at the uh, TikTok audience. So um, they have a couple of shows, and then uh, your boy here has 
a new show as of right now. I have um, a show called Engineering the Trade, actually. comes on every day at uh, 1.30 Central, 2.30 Eastern. So i um, been loving it, man. And, and the idea there is just, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I was a chemist and an engineer. That's, my, that's what I went to college for. Um, and so the idea of, you know, as engineers, I think there's a lot of engineers who are attracted to trading, because you feel like it's a problem you can solve um, and the market has way too many random moves, right? <laughs> Almost like we're seeing the day. And so yeah. I think it kind of lulls a lot of engineering and, and science types into to the market. And so um, I think, you know, one of the, my, my biggest things, my approach to the market is always picking, you know, adding, um, finding little pieces of as to what's going on. I mean, there's never just one thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. As we'll discuss today, but it's always a couple of different things that, that make up the market that we're seeing. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. The technical side of things, it, it's really the same brain when you look at engineering and, and investing. Uh, unfortunately, I can't say I'm with you there as a liberal arts major. Uh, it took a lot of long nights to get this stuff down. But hey, TikTok, I mean... I wish I was good looking enough to be in front of a TikTok and do all that, but um, you know, I'm glad you guys are you know branching out. That, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, uh, they you know they uh, the our you know TikTok people, uh, Kayla Kilbride and Errol Coleman, they have um, a couple of shows. They're also like shorter um, as well, which makes sense, I guess, considering their audience. Um, we got uh, you know the Jones and Gray show, which is one of the highlights of the uh, post market. Uh, uh, programming uh, with uh, Victor Jones and Ryan Gray, so we got a bunch of stuff going on, man. Cool, gotta gotta capture those short attention spans for sure. Um, so, my last episode, I talked with Adam Warner earlier in September, right around when the seasonality really started to rear its ugly head. And I'll ask you the same question that I asked him. Is this historical period of underperformance and choppiness this time around something more? Is there something greater at play? And like, why is it so volatile and choppy this time around? Yeah, you know, I um, I noticed, and I guess unsurprisingly, there's been a lot of that talk about uh, the seasonality of September. Um, of course, we'll start to talk about. I'm sure every every October we seem to you know get this more. Um, conversation about how the different moves we've seen historically in October, of course, the 87 crash and mm-hmm. some of the others. And, um, you know, those are valid, but I mean, honestly, more than anything, I, I pay attention to what's in front of me. Right. And, and what's in front of me is the volatility that you speak of that we have right now. And there's probably a little bit more to it. And, and I always look at like, we, like I just said earlier, the different pieces that add up. And, and that's usually the one thing that um, really sort of gives you an idea of how nervous we should be. Mm-hmm. There's a real wall of worry right now, if you will. I mean, you know, we, let's name them off. We got taper talk that's been going on. We got the rising rates that we've been seeing in, in yields more recently, which has affected tech, of course, because of that inverse relationship with tenure and, and tech. Mm-hmm. The energy crisis is hard to miss, and then we're gonna, you know, chat more on that later. Um, Inflation, of course, I mean, that's just a real thing. We've seen it in the prices for everything that we buy and we pay for more recently. Um, and then, you know, the Evergrande crisis, I mean, that almost took us down. Um, yeah. That was that was really interesting. But the truth is, is that it wasn't something that was systemic to any U.S. equities that we know of. There's a list of, of 
companies in the U.S. that have bonds in Evergrande. You can find that list. I mm-hmm. think BlackRock is probably at the top, but it's not a situation of like, I think for a while there it was, it was being almost felt like it was a situation like an AIG during 2008. Like this is something that is so ingrained in the fabric of finance that it's just going to take everything down. And I think that's why the markets really reacted, right? Because mm-hmm. it already had the dominoes of taper talk, rising rates, energy prices, inflation, then Evergrande. It was like, oh my God. And then everybody relaxed, calmed down because they realized like this is not the thing. And then as soon as that, that, that kind of washed away um, on the shore, the debt ceiling came up. Right. So what are you going to do? The Evergrande stuff was funny because I remember reading an article that was comparing it, like you said, to AIG and housing and everything. Uh, and that just kind of, that came and went as quick as it you know, arrived. But it just feels like there's just so much more going on now. And I do want to focus on the first one you said, which was you know the taper talk. Um, one of the more reactive moments was September 28th. Uh, I think that was when the Fed said it was going to you know scale back its bond buying. That sent the 10-year note soaring, climbing again. I think it was as high as 1.55% today. When this bond yield choppiness happens, and, you know, we know it's super sensitive to the stock market. What vehicles or methods can an options trader use to take advantage of this volatility? And is it, is it as simple as saying, like, okay, looking into an ETF like TLT? Well, let's identify first the idea of bond prices and bond yields moving in different directions, right? And mm-hmm. so TLT is the 20-year, I think it's the 20-year plus um, bond prices. So it's prices versus yield on the, I mean, I should say it's 20 year plus on prices for 20 year uh, bonds. Mm-hmm. Then you have other vehicles that you can play yields. We, um, at Tacy, we have, you know, one of our sister companies is the small exchange, which is a retail trader focused, um, exchange. And we actually have 10 year yields that you can trade. So it's, it's a little easier. I, I would say to conceptualize I don't know about you, but I don't really know where 20 year bonds should be trading. I mean, right? Like for mm-hmm. TLT, but I haven't, I, I know exactly where 10 year yield should be trading. It's around 1.55, like you said. And so, because we have that 10 year yield product at the smalls, I actually trade that a good bit. And then recently, I did um, this segment on our Tasty Trade Live show. It's, it's called Options Jive. Um, my segment is every Friday. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the idea. I, I, the name of the segment was called Friends of the 10 year yield. So, just to get to exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I identified some of the things that move with the 10-year yield in the same direction more recently because the 10-year yield is kind of this this um, measure of, of uh, global – I should say it's, it's a measure of the U.S. health, right? Yeah. And so if the 10-year yield is going up, theoretically certain industries and areas should be, should be going up. Um, one of them more recently has been airlines. Another one has been energy. We've seen oil kind of move up with 10-year mm-hmm. uh, – you know, the yields moving up. Um, financials, of course, is one of the bigger ones. Um, so – those are some of the ways that, that you can play. You can play using a 10-year yield product like we have at the small exchange. You can also play using certain industries that move along with the 10-year yield. And you can play the opposite, which is for the last year has been tech, which is, you know, the Qs or any given tech name. Um, those move opposite to 10-year yields. I think just the, the word itself, bonds and yields, that scares off a retail investor so quickly so to know what is an adjacent impacting sector or area can help them, you know, when they see that, they know, like, okay, now I need to look into this. And even if, like you said, the, the ratio is inverse, like it is to tech. Yeah, and the truth is, is you know, I've, I've always 
Um, I've always appreciated the times where we have big market moves mm-hmm. um, from beginning when I just was learning to now because then you really see the relationships that make sense. And so despite the fact that we've had quite a bit of volatility recently, I mean, we've had, you know, four 1% up or down days in the last week, mm-hmm. you get to see how certain things are moving together or not together. We've seen that the, the tech and 10 year yield relationship has played out consistently over the last 18 months. And we've seen energy more recently starting to move um, as the 10 year yield has begun to move. So we've seen a lot of relationships because we've had, you know, uh, uh, oddly enough, the benefit of large moves in the plus or minus direction. We've been able to see a lot of these relationships play out, and it makes a lot more sense, I would say. Yeah, and from the Shaver's perspective, you know, these big moves, more traffic for us, you know, because people are so interested in seeing, oh, wow, 400-point drop, what does this mean? Rush over to Tasty, rush over to Shaver's, and, you know, here's where we have the products that help people understand this and take advantage of it. No question. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, there's so much going on, like we've talked about. Often feels like the energy situation is getting swept under the rug, especially as it pertains to Europe and the supply chain. Uh, And then now we've got natural gas, looking at what, steepest loss, one day loss in a year, I think, today. Um, You know, what should forward-thinking traders be looking at overseas as to how these things can impact you know the u.s market ecosystem um number one keep a close eye on your gas bills good lord Mm -hmm. i mean uh, it's gonna get it might get a little crazy in the coming months if we we have uh you know a, a serious cold snap we could see some surge in prices even more because a lot of these uh, companies, you know, who are not hedged themselves, are going to have to go out and, and buy spot prices. Um, um, for natural gas, for example, right now, the biggest thing to pay attention to is what they call that that widowmaker spread. So, if you pull up that gas and you look at the different futures, um, if you look at the spread between March and April, which signifies the end of winter, um, that's what's called that widowmaker spread. And right now, it's about you know one point six, I think, a dollar and sixty. You know, BTUs or whatever um, between the two, and to give you an indication of where how far it's moved in June, it was forty cents. So it's like quadrupled wow. in in the, the certain amount of time. So that's one of the things that the energy traders are watching big time. But when you look at the performances of, of key commodities uh, over the last, you know, I should say it's um, from September, like in September alone, mm-hmm. not gas moved thirty two percent. Uh, you know, another big one was, was this is not energy, but cotton moved 14%. So you, know, you could expect to maybe pay more for clothes at some point because that's how these things end up playing out. On the other end, gold and silver have been down. I mean, gold and, and sil- gold's down 3%, silver was down 4, 8% in the month of September. So that gas has been really on the move. And of course, crude, I mean, crude's up, you know, 10% um, in the month of September. So, you know, energy prices have really skyrocketed more recently. And I think the thing to really notice is how um, many central banks, I think, um, I don't know if quite many in Europe yet, but you've seen uh, central banks starting to raise rates um, in, in not only anticipation of eventually U.S. raising rates, but also because to counteract uh, this situation that we're seeing with the energy prices. So I think at some point, um, many in, in Europe are going to raise, I mean, I, I think um, Russia raised more recently. Who knows if they're going to have to raise again because natural gas really hits them. Of course, they have the biggest natural gas company and gas problem out there. But 
um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a real it's a real issue, and it's something to pay attention to going forward. Well, if you really want to get deep in the weeds, you have Germany, which is working out an entirely new coalition, and that's a multi-month process, and, and that's one of you know Europe's leading countries when it comes to you know their presence in the ECB. So you almost have to kind of wait for their dust to settle before you see what they're going to do. And it's it's all seems like it's kind of piling up into this perfect storm, no pun intended, in the winter. Um, I love reading about this supply chain stuff because it's, I don't know, it seems so, re- so real. You know, yeah, no, that, the supply chain is, is definitely another uh, thing that's really super interesting. My wife actually works in supply chain and we talk about different stuff all the time i mean the the idea of i think the idea of the 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 crunch around christmas is going to be crazy Mm -hmm. what uh, target and and walmart i think they're hiring probably a hundred thousand people each i think that's what i heard but Mm -hmm. they're going to need it because you know that you have i think right now which is i can't remember if it's the largest port or the second largest port uh, right outside of la there you know like long beach or whatever it's you know there's all kind if you look at a map you'll see all kinds of ships uh, just, just sort of waiting outside that port to, to drop off cargo. So uh, supply chain issues are a really big deal right now, and it's real. Yeah, you, you mentioned Target hiring a bunch of people in that in how it's all connected. You, know, you look at the ADP report today, which I think was its highest since June. You know, and that's, that's a good sign going forward, but how much is that really going to impact the things that we're really looking at, which is the inflation and, and the natural gas prices and, and the stuff that affects average Americans' wallets on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, man. I mean, these things are hitting our pockets, dude. Like, uh, we, 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 need, we, gotta, we need some action or we got to figure out how to hedge ourselves against these natural gas and moves in prices yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and food. That's what I think, you know, a retail trader has to look at a situation like this and say, okay, you can go to the grocery store and notice that there, are, you know, there are lots of products off the shelves. You drive by and you see every other store saying they're hiring. You know, how can someone make money off of that? And I think that's an important question to ask. Totally agree. So, you know, as we're moving into the the fourth quarter here and closing out twenty twenty one, beyond what we've already talked about, really, we've bounced around all over the place. What are you looking for as far as storylines to end the year? Well, you know, let's, you know, it, it's, we can look back at, at how our year started. I mean, um, you know, the, the names that we saw moving early in the year, which were, you know, some of the game stops and, and AMCs, what's going on with that now seems to be a little bit muted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, you wonder how the, what, what's going on with the Wall Street bets, uh, bets uh, crowd. It's kind of quieted down some, but there's still been, you know, a, evidence shows a large amount of trading from retail traders. We, we look at one lot trades and we still see that higher, not as high as it was last year, but definitely higher than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So um, that's good. I think a lot of self-directed investors continue to trade and, you know, who knows better how to trade your money than you. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, we see, you know, cryptocurrencies are really, really taking off. And I think they're becoming, they're not quite a force to reckon with yet, but I don't think they're going away. I think, you know, a lot of us, myself included, you know, a year or two ago, we're just kind of like, okay, this thing's going to fade away, but it's not, it's actually a big deal. And, um, they're, they're, they're becoming more meaningful and they're, they're becoming less volatile. I would say, you know, Bitcoin's back over 50 K now we saw the big 
big move in, in May to the downside. That was kind of scary, but they seem to have calmed down in a way. And as a matter of fact, um, our small exchange uh, just created a cryptocurrency product, SCCX. So I saw that. That's in the, the nascent um, you know stages of, of uh, being a small exchange product. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, overall, I guess, you know, we got earnings coming up for the fourth quarter. We'll see how things play out. We already know earnings aren't going to be what they were a year ago, but mm-hmm. they're still going to be interesting nonetheless. So that's kind of a lot of things I'll be looking at. Yeah, I, I think you covered it. I, I can't really think of anything else. I have a theory, and it's completely unfounded by any technical analysis, but this was a summer, our, you know, our first summer, you know, reopening, and everybody was out and about, like you said, catching up on life. I do think that when we retreat back inside for the winter, I sense, uh, you know, a lot of fatigue from activities and everything. I think there will be a return to the, okay, let me hop on, just see what the stock market is doing. Nothing else to do, stay inside. It's just a complete, you know, shot in the dark, but I think there will be people that will revert to that stay-at-home mentality of just kind of make money my own way. I think it's entirely possible, and when they do... uh you know, Tastyworks is ready. Tasty Trade is ready. I'm ready. I'll be on Engineering and Trade talking to the people. Let's go, man. Yeah. So perfect timing. I want you to replug your, uh, you know, your new show, and then you know, sign it off with whatever else you want to close with. My name is Jamal Chandler, and you can check me out on Engineering the Trade every day at 1:30 Central, 2:30 Eastern. Come over and uh, see how we look at things. Couldn't have said her. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Jamal Chandler, thanks for hopping on again. Uh, let's try to not make it, you know, an entire season before, you know, before we chat again next time. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Always a pleasure to talk to you and can't wait till the next time we right. meet. And best of luck to your kids. Your sweet 16s, pitch, you know, baseball, football, you, you guys got it all over there. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, we, we definitely stay busy, but it's the only way to live life in my opinion. There we go. Love it. Cheers, Jamal.